0: I'm so excited about all this stuff. I want to go try this other stuff over here. Oh, look at that. Look at that over there. I'm tired. I'm not feeling very good. <laughs> I'm sick. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show, connecting you to ideas and people that will help you make an independent living doing something that you care about. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If, uh, if we were superheroes, he'd be Batman, capable charming he's really nobody's really sure what his superpower is but he's awfully good at a lot of different stuff caleb logic he'd be professor xavier from the x-men intelligent bald fiddling with your thoughts when you're not looking that's creepy caleb stop it and me chase reeves i'd be wolverine because i weigh a lot and have daddy issues come on you guys that's rude In this episode, we've got resources and tips for conducting an annual review and creating solid plans for the next year. No, no, stop, stop, stop. No, I know it sounds boring, but what gets measured gets improved, and this is an easy way for you to improve your plan for next year. So here's our best tips to improve next year's plan by looking at how you did this past year. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. All right, so it's the it's the last episode of 2013. Can you believe it? I mean, look how far we've come, you guys. Yeah. Episode thirty four. Seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Th- we've come thirty four distance. We've come thirty four ways. We've come thirty fours. You know what? I'm always un- uncomfortable with that word. Not thirty four. <laughs> um, and so and so here's what I would love to do today is. I have this dream about like a, a yearly sort of thing where um, like you, you could look at like I dream about humans on the earth and the seasons and stuff, you know, it's like this is the season for planting and this is the season for harvesting and oh, in the winter everything dies and hibernates and then oh, in the summer everything comes, you know, and then I'm looking at like for De- December and January as these two months of like December is the last month of the year. You know, good good riddance. 2013 has been super lame um, in every other part of my life except for business, except for fizzle, which is which is good. I guess 2013 was the year of fizzle for me, uh, and 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 the year of horror, trep, and 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 horribleness everywhere else. But I like to I like to dream of December being uh being a like like actually being like me. I, what I like to dream of is me being the kind of guy who looks at December in December, looks at my life, and says, hmm. How did we do? What do we want to do better next year? Right. You know, like this like this post-mortem kind of thing on the year to look at how are we doing? So, Have you guys ever done stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, so full yeah. disclosure, this this is going to be like the
1: episode about doing year review planning when at least two out of the three of us don't really tend to do it very often,
2: it sounds yeah. like. Yeah.
1: Caleb, do you, do you do year-end planning?
2: reviews yeah but it doesn't usually stick the whole year so when i get to december it's not usually looking back it's just looking forward
1: oh got it it's like yeah it's like screw that, it's like screw whatever happened last year because i didn't stick to my plan so let's just start with a clean slate and look to next year
2: right right yeah, and part, of yeah. The, part of the thing is like is a full year even worth planning out right or that's should a good it be question. like shorter than that wait why wouldn't a full year be worth planning out
0: because
1: how how often are you going to
0: like stick to the whole year you know no, okay, okay, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I that's that's like as we're doing plans for fizzle and stuff. I'm I'm constantly worried about that. Like I can easily plan three months and I can commit to three months. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, thinking twelve months? It's like we're gonna learn so much in that time. How are we possibly gonna stick to a plan after we've learned how wrong we were about that plan? But maybe we get better as we get older and we and we learn less or something. I don't know. But like I love the idea of and I like this is something that got into my head during uh the founder story that I did with Chris Johnson inside Fizzle, uh, who is still the most uh, masterful sales guy I've I've known at all. I he got him last least. night. He sold me. Hey, he sold me. Um, he sold me a bridge too. <laughs> sold me this wonderful bridge. Where does it go? Uh, do you know that that joke like the uh, the person a bridge thing?
1: No, tell me.
0: It's, I don't, it's not even a joke. It's like a a saying. Yeah, it, you can't really sell someone a bridge. It, it's a that it, Rook's really good when you have to explain. It's it. a really good joke so far. <laughs> that, it's, 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 I guess he had to be there. No, yeah, the yeah I bought the bridge though. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it. So uh he he started talking about how he does a post mortem on every uh every project with his team. Okay, what do we do? And then and half the time it's just really quick. You know, was there any red flags? Was there any this, that, and the other? Because he's always looking to improve his process. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I admire that. It's very it's very different than what my sort of natural inclinations well, are. Well, and which, his,
1: but his, the projects he's talking about are sort of of a repetitive nature, because they're client projects, yeah. so they all have a similar
0: yep. structure, right? It, totally, yeah. totally, absolutely. And it's just different than my, uh, you know, my nature, which is typically, you know, my my regular, uh, whatever, run-of-the-mill nature is something more like a, oh my god! I'm so excited about all this stuff. I want to go try this other stuff over here. Oh, look at that! Look at that over there. I'm tired. I'm not feeling very good. <laughs> I'm sick. Oh, let's go to the door. Let's go to the try that over there. Oh. I'm feeling so great. Oh, you, know? you speak and then, the truth,
2: and that doesn't really yes. fit on a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't actually.
0: I, yeah, every spreadsheet I try to put that
2: on, it's just it definitely doesn't fit helpful. into a sauna. No, it
0: doesn't. It's, the, it's way too hot in the asana Yeah. So. um So uh, I just I like the idea of like, okay I would like I would like to get better to look at. And in some ways, like I have this dream of taking December off completely and putting and making a book every year. That's like of all the the best photos, the best blog posts, best writings, journaled sort of whatever stuff, code commits for fizzle, things like that. That's just like, hey, here's 2013 because code commits are really exciting. But, you know, you know, like what if you just had, imagine like a 100-page book and one page is just like listing off a bunch of our code commits uh, and the things that we're saying there, like another CSS fix, a little little CSS fix for this, that, and the other, updated to this, that, you know, like all those little things, you'd probably look at that five years from now and be like, oh my god, that's right, we were using the Tower app and we are doing this, that, you know? Like I think it would be kind of, I don't know, it's sort of special to me. Sounds yeah. like a bestseller yeah it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a home no, it's run it's not something to sell it's just like a it's just like an archive but i love this idea of looking back and saying and because partly it's like oh my god look how far we've come you know part of it is just because that's not natural for for most of us is to realize to go from nothing to having a website up even if nobody's ever been to the website it's still a big deal you know mm-hmm. uh, to look at the achieve the things that you've done and be able to say you know what that was great i'm glad i did that Uh, i'm proud of myself for doing it to be able to honestly have those those feelings and and say those things and and have that realization that you did something and then maybe there's also things to learn like uh wow i really spent way too much time designing the site and not enough time writing the content right that's something i could i could learn from um and 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 once you once you you don't learn that unless you look back at that thing you know yeah um so part of me is like hungry for that experience. Now you, Corbett, you mentioned that Chris Gilbo does stuff like this, right? Yeah, I mean, some people seem to be really good about this. Um, <clears throat> and
1: you know, in my in my own, uh, just kind of looking back on my past several years, I do this as well. I tend to do it more often than once a year. I kind of anytime we get through like a big launch, a big push that we do, then I tend to have a couple of weeks of like exhausted downtime, and then kind of start doing some more long range planning. Um, But I also know that around February or so, when I'm down in sunny Mexico, sitting around a pool somewhere, I tend to get That's sort of nice. introspective and start to think about, like, the future. Um, yeah. In fact, the the whole fizzle, the, the whole idea for fizzle came about, um, you know, Caleb and I were having conversations a couple of years ago. And then I had just a long stretch where my parents were in town and I had afternoons to kill around the pool kind of quasi entertaining them and uh and with my iphone taking notes and just kind of started brainstorming the full fizzle thing and we actually came pretty close to what those initial notes look like but that's just a good time for me so i don't know if you need to necessarily pigeonhole this into the end of the year just because that's when it fits the calendar yeah because you know we're all pretty damn busy around the end of the year but on the other hand, maybe you do have some downtime because the in-laws are in town and, you know, you're kind of sitting there sort of in front of the TV watching football or whatever and you have some time to kill in the afternoon. Like that might be a good time to do that. I think, um, I don't know if this still happens, but what Chris Gillibo does is he goes away for a week, walks himself uh, away by himself in a cabin somewhere and spends the week looking back on what happened and then planning out the next year, which is pretty cool. Um, to be able to do that if you have that kind of time and luxury. Yeah.
0: Um, And that's the thing. I mean, there's no, there's no real like tips and tricks to this thing besides like go some, go spend the time looking back, write down what you accomplished. Like, what are the things you accomplished? What are the things that you learned? Like, this is something that, that we could do. Like, we, you, you could go listener, you could go and just, just lock yourself in a room for a day and write down what, what did I accomplish this year? And you could also write, write down. What are the things that I learned? And just write down what came to mind. You're, you're going to miss something, whatever, fine, right? Just write down what comes to mind. And then just look at that. And then it's like, okay, have a deep breath, acknowledge, and get ready for the next thing you're going to write down, which is like, where are we going next year? You know, and I think that our, our, I think that when we are more realistic about where we what we've accomplished in a year, we we might be able to make more plans. That's my hunch. That's my hypothesis. Or not not make more plans, but make better plans. Plans that we're more likely to stick to instead of like these big, r- crazy things. Like we're more specific, measurable, like actual, realistic outcomes. Which to me, I, I mean, I just, I was on a plane recently. I've been on a lot of planes recently. And you know that like plane brain thing? Have you guys experienced yeah. that? Yeah. Oh God, I love that. Oh my God. You guys, I have so many notes about our business. That are, it's just like, I've made way too many, made, wait, I've made way too much work for us just sitting on planes, writing in my notebook and just like drawing things, you know, but you have this insane ability, like, like in some moments, um, you like when you're stuck on a train or, or in a plane or something like that, or when you're, or, or I was looking for more like, uh, or when you're drinking champagne <laughs> or when you're, or when your back's in pain or when, I don't know. But mostly please. on a plane. <laughs> but mostly on a plane. Um, it's something about that, like you can't connect to the internet, like you're stranded and stuck with a bunch of people in a metal tube, careening through the universe, like a horrible, like Stephen King novel or something. Um, and you have this weird moment where your brain just starts opening up and connecting dots that I, that you wouldn't have connected before. And in some ways, that's what I imagine the post mortem to be like—to look back and as I'm looking back and seeing those things, yep. I'm I'm immediately going forward, and and. And thinking through, okay, so what am I going to do this year about that? Like, well, we didn't, we only wrote this, wrote this many posts, or we only had this many stats. I don't know, enter statistic here. I don't know those things, but we only had this, that, and the other. So, so maybe in order to do that next year, what we got to do is X, Y, and Z. Because that's to me, that's the point of the postmortem is the future planning. You know, the whole point of it is how do
2: we make next year? How do we do it even better? Does that make any sense? Yeah, and what I was saying about not actually going back and looking at what i planned in january like to me it wasn't important what i planned it was more important to look at what i did looking back at the year so i might set the plan at the beginning of the year but i don't really go back and look at it um at the end of the year i just look at what i did and then use that to plan next year
0: Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like looking at the plans that you made and then it's it's projected versus actual, right? Or forecast versus actual. So
1: I I rarely do, uh, I rarely look back and actually consider what I did over the past year. I don't know, maybe this is like, maybe this is self-denial or just sort of denial or something.
0: Yeah. But to me,
1: it's kind of water under the bridge. Um, And I, I think like Chris Johnson's right. There are things that you can learn from that, obviously from the past year. And I should probably care more about that. I'm always looking into the future though and i'm always excited about the things that could be and i think when you think about the future it's always tempered by you know what you implicitly learned from what happened or didn't happen over the past year just kind of the constant narrative that's running through your mind about how well you're doing about the things that you had planned but no i don't actually compare the two so do you guys think that we could uh maybe just live on the air here do a little bit of look back on what we did for fizzle over the past year and what
0: we want to do for the next year Sure. Yeah. Let's just let's keep it light and, and crisp, so that maybe we'll try to find things that people can actually apply to their own business. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, yeah. You know? not, not all about us. Mostly, it's about you, listener. But less, but, um, less self-indulgent prattling
1: <laughs> from back from episode one. Right. Too much self-indulgent yeah. prattling.
0: Oh, um, one
1: that makes you grow hair on your palms. Right.
0: Yeah. No, it makes you go blind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway,
1: <laughs> do we? I don't think that we really. I know that we had a lot of ideas about what we wanted to do over the past year 2013 but did we ever formally write stuff down?
2: Not for an annual thing. We did a we did sprints back then a little bit better than we do now, I would say. Now we're looking long term, but then it was just like okay, yeah. we need to get all these things done in 2 months, let's do them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I, it was really it was every 2 weeks. It was every every 2 week was like, okay, we got to get this done by next week. You we got to get this one done by the week after. Um And because it really was, we were like just building the house while we were sort of living in it. And uh, which is different than like, okay, most of the house is there. Where is this thing going in the future? Uh, It is an important point. I think this is two different things to plan. Right. going,
2: Going into the beginning of this year, too. Well, it was the end of September, we launched Alpha, and then Beta came out in the middle of November. Middle of January was public. And so every two months, we were releasing something big. And so that's, yeah. that was the structure we were on for a while there, so we kind of carried that through this year. Yeah,
1: yeah I feel like we um, our strategy planning process kind of involves whenever we're all together in the same place, we usually have like an afternoon where we get to go out and talk about big picture stuff and then we have like individual conversations about big picture stuff and then we kind of like send each other these big strategic emails once in a while, like about, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if over the next year we tried to do this and this. And we kind of just like throw straw men out there to see what they look like. And then Mm -hmm. those things do actually happen. Eventually over time, like once we say something and we all are kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Then we kind of start marching in that direction, even though we never formally sit down and say, well, in Q2, we're going to do this and Q3, we're going to do that. We kind of know that because if you think about last year, you know, basically we had the big goal to launch Fizzle and to grow it to a certain size, which we can we can talk about in a little bit, whether or not we we actually accomplished that. We talked about how many courses we wanted to create. We talked about bringing our brands together in terms of um, Think Traffic and Fizzle and everything else that we had going on. And then we talked about launching the podcast. Mm. Was there anything else that was really big on the on the radar that we haven't gotten to yet? No. Well, we I also think, put Start
2: Blog That Matters inside of Fizzle. That was another thing we wanted to that do. That was another one of the big oh, ones, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think it, for, for me thinking about it, going back there, it was just like, all I saw was like this deadline on this course and I was just trying to make it really good between here and there, you know? Um, and at the same time, like you're just like sprinting on on designing and, and coding up stuff as, as quick as possible to get to get it out. So I don't know. To me, that's kind of a big, big takeaway, I think, from this is that the difference between um, planning something in a two-week sprint kind of mode, where you go, okay, this two weeks, we're going to do this. And then you check in in two weeks, and okay, did we do it? Yeah, we did it, so let's go to the next two weeks. And like going, you know, just basically one step at a time like that, versus, um, and or just realizing that that's how we needed to be in the beginning. You know, that's exactly what was right for us. Yeah. Uh, because it allowed us to, like we said, like build the house while we were living in it. And now that most of the walls and ceiling are up, and there's still a few leaks and things that we know we want to plug, we get to ask, okay, like, what is the the grand plan for this property? Now that we actually have a roof over our head, you know, um, I love how many me- metaphors I'm mixing here. Yeah, um, but uh, but now that now that this thing's actually it is a something, it's not the idea or the or the beginnings of a something, it is a something. That's a different kind of plan. It's a different kind of planning. Uh, and to me, that that's kind of instructive. I did, I wasn't really thinking about it that way before because I realize now how much. I don't want the two week plan. I want to get our heads straight on a long term plan because it's time for it, it. just feels so right for for where this business is at for that. And that's just kind of, I don't know, that feels like a, a new, new insight for if, me. I wonder, like
1: theoretically, if we can talk about like the, what's the benefit? Why do we plan like that? Or why do we feel like we need to plan for the next year? What's the point of that? What does that buy us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways, what it makes me think of is like the, like the, uh, like the Leo Babauta stuff about goals, or or you know, he's not the guy who invented that stuff. I mean, Alan Watts goes back and talks about like if you're always trying to get somewhere, you know, if your whole life is about achieving something, then you're never going to be there because as soon as you get there, you're already wanting to achieve the next thing, right? You know, um, and and in some ways, it's it, yearly planning can be like that, where you're just setting up some things to accomplish, and then you get there and you're like, why? You know, or and that's the best-case scenario is you get there and you're like, why? As opposed yeah. to you get there and you don't even realize that you've already set your goals in your horizons further, out and, and I further think out and further out and so you
1: never get it. I think that's kind of what Caleb was getting at about, okay, I sit down and I set the goals for the next year. But then when I go back a year later to review them, I don't really worry about what the plan was because the plan changes so quickly um yeah. that it's not really worth beating yourself up because you didn't stick to that plan when you know 3 months after you created it you had new information and decided to pursue something else but yeah. you know the other the flip side of that is if you do look at that plan did you deviate from it because you had new information that was better or did you deviate from it because you don't have any self control and you weren't able to sit down and actually try to accomplish the things that you knew you should have worked on Um, and instead just pursued something that was more fun. And is there anything wrong with that?
2: Yeah, and to me, it was always just something more fun. And we almost always choose our next project and our next sprint or our next big task that we're all going to accomplish together based on what we all want to do, what we're most excited about. Because when we have excitement, we have energy to finish it faster. And that's why we launched the Sparkline before we were going to, because we had another project in mind, but you know we all got gung ho about it and we just got it done and you just sat down one friday or saturday i can't remember and you'd already done a bunch of work on it corbett and so all right you know the ball's rolling let's just do it instead yeah. of you know and putting pa- it off you know, and doing this other thing first
1: and partly that's that's just the power to me that's the power of momentum and i and mm-hmm. i see this with us as a team it's like when we get together and we're really excited about something this tremendous amount of work happens in a very short period of time, and I think we need to use that to our advantage from time to time. Because it's easy when you have this like kind of ongoing stasis of okay, we need to work on this and we need to work on that, but it's this like long thing that's going to take us six months to finish. It's really easy to kind of get lost in the middle of that. Oh, and totally. Yeah. Get in that like funk where you're like, nah, I don't really want to work on this. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a combination, I think, of having self discipline to get that stuff done that takes a really long time versus looking for those momentums, those like little rapid section. You know, when you're when you're cruising in a in a in a boat or whatever, looking for those little sections hmm. that can get you somewhere really fast and fun.
2: Yeah, cruising in a boat. Yeah, let's rapid. take this metaphor on the water <laughs> from land now. Let's <laughs> let's go full circle and get to on air soon. Water. you guys,
1: you guys yeah. know how how I tend to come up with really shit metaphors like um about like talking about wacky stuff and what was the one about about would you say about like how many toes i have or something chase
0: yeah that was, i think that was my example on really wacky tell me something really wacky i have i have something that uh somebody
1: just left a, a review about fizzle on here let me let me pull this up real quick this is good it reminded me of our wacky stuff Um, Oh, God, we are such wacky guys. (laughs) We're such wacky guys. So this guy, (laughs) this person said that. So silly. This person in a review on iTunes said that the podcast gives me life. Seriously, it's like an eargasm, which is cool. I love that part. Um, However, uh, he or she, I'm not sure, this is Indigo504, said that it's the perfect balance of smart business, practical application, and off-the-wall tomfoolery that I need to (laughs) keep me motivated and focused
0: i love it i love it now that is wacky now that is wacky that is so wacky (laughs) (laughs) oh golly so okay so what i hear you (laughs) saying is look at this long-term thing but you know and it really resonates with me the idea of like those two-week sprints because when you're looking at like a long-term thing you don't even know where to start you know you really have to do the work to break it down into those those week-long or two-week-long sprints but, now, but then once you know, like, I, I also have this idea that like, you know, planning out a year, I mean, if we were to try to plan out last year or this past year, right, we wouldn't have stuck to the plan at all because it was developing so much. It was, it was evolving as we were making it and shaping it based on who was in there and what feedback we were getting and all sorts of stuff like that, right? But now... We 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 have a little bit of maturity in this. We know what it means to write a blog, wait for four blog posts a week and four pod or or rather four blog posts a month and four podcasts a month and as well as a course on Fizzle and a founder story and Fizzle every month. Like we know what it means to do. This is our job, you know, and and we have a lot of notes on what no, what those things we are that we want to make. You know, so in some ways, it's a little less surprising. There's a little less evolution and a lot more development and going deeper on what it already is.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, but I think that you're shortchanging, you know, how our last year went a little bit because no, we don't necessarily, or we didn't necessarily have the like, forethought to plan out every week necessarily but we did just list out like five big initiatives that were kind of on our radar and that we did accomplish and we can't think of any other big initiatives that we didn't necessarily get so
2: um,
1: so i I think that we did do that you know there's this whole there's this ideal strategic planning process for a business i think that you can lay out which is you know you come up with the, the the mission and the vision for the company you have your ideal customers you have this plan for how you're going to help them and then maybe you sit down every year and you do this kind of long range what are we going to get done over the next year and what are we aiming towards over the next three to five years and then maybe you revisit that every six months and then you know on a week-to-week basis you're kind of like picking off little projects from that six-month plan laying them out working on them for the next month or so and then weekly kind of reviewing what am i doing this week and all that kind of stuff and when we're sort of moving that direction but on the other hand, like you have to be pragmatic as well, um, and all of a sudden that whole picture, that whole ideal, gets shaken up like an etch a sketch once in a while, and we're like, "All right, all hands on deck, let's tackle this big project." And I don't want to throw that out because we get so much done on those little sprints yeah. because we're so excited about yeah, it that I think they totally. kind of both have they both have validity. And this is, I guess, what we're getting at is something that we call the company operating system. This is something that um, we've heard a lot of other founders talk about, Ryan Carson and some other people. It's kind of like if you imagine that your computer has an operating system, and that's just kind of what guides how it works and how you interact with it. Our business has an operating system, and really that's how do we figure out what's important to us, how do we figure out what we want to work on, and how do we get stuff done on a week-to-week basis? And We're kind of evolving that right now, but I think we are, Chase, getting more mature in that process now than we ever have been.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting the balance between the between the the, the sprint view and then the long term plan view. You know, and really, yeah. you've kind of owned the long term plan for us this whole past year, Corbett. Because um, I remember you like you would be like, you know, one of the things on the list is to do this, that, and the other. So I remember when you brought start a blog that matters into Fizzle, I was just surprised that we were already doing that. But you would have that on your list for a long time. Yeah, you know, and you're like, no, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get it done. Um, and and so that made a lot of sense that, that there were, that those five things lived on a list somewhere. I just ended up not seeing them very much because I was always like designing this thing or making that video or editing this or it was, it always felt very minutiae, uh, to me. And now I'm kind of like coming out of the minutia a little bit to, to create a plan. But then I know the, in order to get that big stuff done is you have to come right back down into the minutiae. It's about shipping a video next week. You know, that's what it's about.
2: Well, it's that balance Uh, of CEO and worker bee mode that you talk about in your productivity course in Fizzle. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. You have to step back and look at what you're going to do. Otherwise, when you're spending all this time working, you're not working on the right thing. So, and once a year probably isn't as frequent as you need to do it. But with the end of the year and everyone talking about it, everyone just tends to do it at that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that constant. So that's, that's, that's looking at our, our past our, our past year. Okay, let's let's zoom let's zoom out from from Fizzle Co. for a little bit. Um, just because we're we're starting to have we're turning this into, into like one of our threesome meetings about Fizzle. totally totally totally. Um, and, but I, so, I think this is good for people like to think about the the balance between the big picture and
1: then the you know day to day. And you really if you're the CEO or if you're the entrepreneur or if you're in a small three person company, there's this constant you know having to jump from the 30,000 foot view down to staring at my feet and wondering how i'm going to take yeah. the next step, you know. Yeah, and it's totally. tough. I mean, it, it kind of it's fun to some degree, but it's also tough to go back and forth and to feel comfortable with the whole thing. Cuz when if you're just working in a company, a lot of times, you know, what you're working on is just handed down to you from management. And you don't have to question it. And in some ways, that's an easier mental model to live within, which is, okay, all I have to do is the things that these people have told me I should be working on. Instead of, the sky's the limit, there's a whiteboard in front of me that's blank. And every day, I have to fill it out and then erase it and then fill out like how the big picture that I just wrote down is going to actually get implemented.
2: Right, and I don't know how your guys' jobs were, but when I worked at Boeing, your annual review was, you know, you wrote— You wrote down things you were going to do that year, and if you did them, then you got your raise, pretty much. And if you did them above and beyond, you got a bigger raise. And if you didn't do them, you got less of a raise. And so it was like, oh, I only need to do these things. You you could think like that if you really wanted to, instead of how you just explained it, which is, okay, it's a whiteboard. These things are maybe the minimum, and you should do way more than that. Especially when you're working for yourself. You can push yourself.
0: Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's interesting, in and it brings up this this stuff of, like, when you're working for yourself, you know, because it's true. Like, I was I was talking to you, Corbett, recently. It's like part of me, like, wants, like, someone to be able to say, uh, hey, you guys didn't make this deadline for that blog post. That means, I don't know, some sort of consequence. You know, we don't have anybody to give us those consequences besides ourselves. But we have you know, each all other, we have which is, our, is,
2: you know, it's yeah, a little bit. and it,
0: that's super helpful. You know, because because we all we, Caleb, you and I both know that Corbett can be a real horrible person when you like slide on a deadline or something like that. So, because yeah, dear listener, you should know that Corbett's like really like he's like the he's like the angry dad, like yep. the, he's stern, he's stern. He might be an alcoholic. Um, well, yeah, very that's true. very very sort of graven face, grim. It's very grim with Corbett, you know, and so it keeps us on track that way, which is great. You know, it's it it's it's a dysfunctional family but it's a family is the way i think about it yep yeah. um, and, and, and i feel sure, sure you, know, you feel the same
2: he emails letters that are like cut out of newspapers and magazines and stuff so you don't know it's yeah, actually from him. yeah lots
0: of that lots of lots of if you don't finish this then you know cuz your wife and kid goodbye and stuff like that and i am excited <laughs> to see them again um I, it's been so long since they've been uh, in your it, some sort of it, he has like an underground dungeon water park sort of thing apparently it's really fun but um <laughs> he is great that way at keeping us on track <laughs> <laughs> good talk, but, guys. Good talk, but good talk. But no, but truly though, this idea, this this keeping yourself on track, like it's tough. It's hard, especially when you don't have any sort of feedback mechanism. Like I remember when I was trying to do uh, the the design thing as a as a uh, freelancer early on, just making cold calls and writing emails and trying so hard to get sales, and 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 I didn't have anybody getting back to me, right. Yep. So I'm not writing blog posts and then having a a commenter say, like, this is amazing, changed my life. You know, I'm not, I didn't have an audience. I didn't have anything like this, but I had to just try to stay the course. And it was so painful. It was so, so, so painful and lonely to do that stuff day in, day out. And then just, and then you end up like, no wonder you get distracted and start spending time on cat gif websites because you feel like a failure already. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, it's, it's a real harrowing place to be. I'm glad we're talking about this because earlier today, I was kind
1: of, you know, you go through this process of um, when we do these big sprints and work on a project like we did for the past, like, six weeks, we were basically trying to get the sparkline out the door. Um, Afterwards, there's always this lull that happens. We've talked about this before. It's kind of a hangover, an after-project hangover, and you start to feel like you don't know what the hell you're working on, and you get in this kind of, like, you're kind of down for a while um, and you know, I think the answer to that is to do the long range planning, you know, to take a minute yeah. because you're not, you don't have anything right in front of you that you're really excited about getting done. And you kind of just jump from one little project to the next for a while and the ongoing stuff that you're always working on. And you don't feel like you have any direction. And I think the antidote to that is really just to sit down, buckle down and do the long range planning. And, and we talked about doing that. Um, and I think it's about time for us to do this, and we might as well do it as an end of the year thing. And we started to do that already, obviously. Um, but the the other issue yeah. is the long range planning. You can do that the next year, but that still doesn't tell you what to work on for the next month or the next two weeks, right? Yeah. So you have to break that's that what's down. Hard, is
0: keeping yeah keeping those things in check like the like you said, Caleb, the CEO bit and then the worker bee bit. You know, trying to come back and forth between those, and there's a constant revision that's happening there. That's, that you know, when you, when we spent, you know, the first few months making Fizzle, I feel like after those few months, we chose to work on different things or at least on the same things in different ways because of what it was becoming. When we did mm-hmm. things that we had learned. And so, uh, you know, if, you're, if your project is new, that's good. That ev- evolution stuff is going to be happening. Um, and so you kind of want to work that into the process where it's okay for you to think long term about like, And that's why, in some ways, it was. uh, It's like you can only really commit to the work that you have to do. You can't commit to. uh, You you can't expect or commit to how people are going to respond to that. You can just. You can say, "I'm going to write a blog post every every week for the next uh, 24 weeks." Right? You can say that. You can totally say that. You can't say that I'm going to make a successful blog in the next 24 weeks. Right? You know. Uh, But you can commit to doing the work and to do it in a way that. Like you know, from hearing from experts like us saying do these sorts of things, and you're more likely to end up successful than li- than not. Well, I think you, know? you
2: just touched on something really key there. It's not focus on setting goals or plans for um, outcomes. Really, more yep. focus them on things you can do and actions you can take, yeah. and things you can make, yep. and outcomes and metrics you'll reach, like how many subscribers or traffic or sales or whatever that will come, but. Don't make that be your annual plan. Make it yep. be deliverables. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and, and when because for me as a maker, like when I can get my mind down on that mode and realize I'm not, I'm not in control of of whether or not this post gets a lot of shares or whether or not this video gets a lot of likes or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. I'm not in control of that. I'm in control of simply uh, uh, of shipping this thing. And if I can zoom out and say, not only do I have to ship this one, <clears throat> but I've got to ship another one next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. Right. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah. uh, it doesn't. Then I just do that work. I, I have to kind of, and then what I guess what I'm saying to someone out there is like, I give you per, you have permission to go do that to just focus on doing the work for a few months and see what see what happens and see what it's like. A for you to make that stuff. B for you to make it day in day out. C for you to make it, throw it out into the world and see what sticks. See who comes back and see who starts paying attention to that. If people start paying attention at all, you know. So those all for for all those reasons the looking at things more in terms of what is my job description what are my requirements that i have rather than i don't know like you said caleb like the like you can't plan for the outcomes you can only plan for the work that you have to do yeah and it's just crazy making for me you know
1: yeah i think there's a balance though just like we talked about you have to balance the long range planning with the day-to-day stuff i think in terms of your goals you're right, you can only focus on doing the work. But after you've done the work, how do you know if the work that you did was good or good enough? Or if it's heading
0: in the right direction or if you need to make changes. And that's
1: almost like where, you know, when setting goals, I'd say, yeah, don't worry about how many members you get or whatever. Although all of us all have expectations in our mind all the time, which whether or not you write them down on paper, (laughs) after you launch the thing, if you're disappointed, it means your expectations were higher than you achieved. If you're ecstatic, then it's the opposite. But you know, after you launch the thing, um, the only way to know if you did a good job with that or not is by measuring something, some sort of reaction that other people have—the people that you made this thing for—and it's probably, you know, better to measure the the deeply um, subjective, qualitative stuff than it is to measure the just how many you know how many people signed up or whatever because you don't know the reasons that they did necessarily. So,
2: um,
1: yeah. how let's let's think if. You know, as we're going through this process, we're just kind of talking out loud here. Um, as we're going through this process, I'm talking planning, in my
0: head a lot too. <laughs> as, I mean,
1: as we're, we're planning this process for myself. next year and people are listening to this, how do you know what the right parameters are for you to use to set your goals for the next year?
0: Like, what, what are we going to use? Like, why would we set one goal and not well, another it, one? It's interesting because I'm not really thinking in terms of goals. I'm like what what I've got, got my stuck in my craw is that is, do I have a That's craw a thing, yeah, that, that yeah. would have things stuck in it you okay. do now that
1: you live in portland
0: what I ha- I have this craw here and what's stuck in that craw is um it, it's not like goals like I, my my future planning stuff is never about like how many members or this that and the other though it should be and and, and that, that we and we I want to get into these things right but really it was a different sort of thing that I came up with recently when when we were thinking through like a publishing calendar for all of the places that we publish things that could could kind of help us think about the all the blog posts and emails and podcasts and courses on one sort of linear view um, and we could see you know how maybe these can all interact with each other so we can we can work on all of these at the same time in some ways you know what I mean yeah so that the, that the work on one leads into leads into things that we can use in the others um, and so thinking about things that way was what it was is that that's like a little trick to say, like every month, let's have a different topic and choose a different guest post guy or gal. And, and, and now we have, we have just a job to do, you know, to, to make those posts, to put that together, to figure out our thoughts on X, Y, and Z and fill in those blanks on that month versus kind of like, oh, you're up this week for a blog post. You know where it's like okay, what do I feel like writing about right now? It just feels like a little bit of a tip or a trick or a hack or whatever for me to add a little bit of like direction on the kinds of things that we would be doing anyways. I'm just hoping to make it a little more efficient. So when I think of planning, I kind of think through that. That's what's inspiring to me about that is it's a little it's a little trick. You know, it's, it's something that we wouldn't necessarily have done. And my goal, my hope is that it makes our life easier because we're making all these pieces of content anyways. Uh, Might as well make them sort of fit together like puzzle pieces, you know? Yeah, and
1: I think that's the difference between projects versus ongoing work. Like, any of us have both of those, right? And when you're in startup mode, it's really mostly project work, and I think we're just kind of getting to the point now where we're not so much in startup mode, so it's a little bit more long-range process kind of stuff, which both are important, you know, And, and the The day-to-day work has to get done no matter what, and this is just a way to give us some sanity, I think, to say, here's a calendar, here's what we know we have to be responsible for every week. And then I like that idea of thematically having things that we're going to do over the next year because it just kind of lets us plan ahead a little bit and um, kind of coordinate and make better use of the byproducts of the things that we're already creating So that when we create a course for someone or for fizzle or whatever, we can break that down and use it for a podcast or vice versa or, you know, however it works out.
2: Well, and then just knowing what's coming is a huge mental weight lifted off of your head. So when you're head down in making a fizzle course or in writing a post or fixing something on a site and you know, okay, I have everything captured later. It's a huge getting things done model is just capture it all. Put it on a list. It's there somewhere. You're not going to forget it. Focus on what you're doing, and then worry about that stuff later.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, and what we're talking about now is not not no longer like the postmortem stuff on on the year. I mean, let, let, let's put a bell on that postmortem stuff. Like looking, like the looking backwards. I mean, for me, what I would what I'm going to do <laughs> after I get off the phone with you, honky tonks, is I'm going to look at the year and I'm going to say, what did we get done? Uh, what do I what, what, what can I learn from any of that? I think those are the two questions. What, what have I accomplished and what have I learned? And if I could just kind of, you know, take a moment and make some chamomile tea and just sort of have one of those ruminating moments, you know, where the, the steam from the tea is rising up and fogging my glasses. And I'm just sort of, you know, thinking back on the year, you know, really and looking out at the trees and, and the way that the snow is heavy on the branches. You know, and I don't just mean that as a visual metaphor. I mean it also as an emotional metaphor, because sometimes a year can weigh on us like that, like branches weighed down by the snow. And I would like to think that I could have a thought there and see clearly about what I have and have not accomplished. And that is the sort of thing I'm talking about. Chamomile tea, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> you
1: you seem so introspective. Is this? Does this? Did we tell everybody? I don't think we we. Officially told them, but you you made a big move recently.
0: I did. I made a big move. Yeah, I made a big move to Portland, Oregon, where I wear scarves and uh, and slippers.
1: Slippers uh, that's like all out that's on the different. street in public.
0: Yeah, that's all. That's different. It's the same exact everything's Teamism, the same except I'm socks. in scarves and slippers. Yeah, and exactly. you drink, but you drink more
1: chamomile tea.
0: Yeah, so much chamomile tea because the way that the snow weighs down the branches again, it's such a visual. An emotional metaphor mm-hmm. you know, but what I was getting at is just asking those two questions what have I finished? what have I actually gotten done what have I accomplished right and what have I learned and if I could just kind of like take you know whatever an hour and some chamomile tea and some weight down branches and just fill up my little journal about that uh, then I could maybe maybe look forward. Because the whole point of it is like, okay, it's about moving forward. Because we can't take any of that stuff back there with us, and we can't we can't fix any of those mistakes in the moment we're, we're where we are now. So how do we move forward, right? Um, because the challenge is these are big, serious business questions. At the same time, they're also very like personal, my life, like w- what it's like to be alive in my skin, kind of questions, you know. So Corbett, your questions about what's the point of making that plan for the year yep, and it like so, so you so you make it so you make it all happen so what so what you know so what are you are you can anybody can sit here and make a plan for their next year and then be infatuated with the glittery sparkly look where i'm going what i'm going to accomplish sort of thing and though but but how many of us actually get to say we've answered the so what questions you know so yeah so you have so you get on uh you you get lots of traffic to your blog so what mm-hmm. well yeah so you've made a product well so what well, yes, yeah, so you're selling it, and you're making some money from it. Well, so what? Well, now I can I can support my family and myself, and I and I can quit my job. Well, so what? Well, so you know, and it's like kind of keeps going, and it and of course it's a little trite to just say like these are the things; these are the only things that matter. We're just, we're used to hearing people say that a lot, but they're you know they I guess it, it's a good little check to have in this planning conversation, you know, because I am all for the planning, and I am all for the goal setting or the or the figuring things through or saying I want to make good art. I want to make something I'm proud of. You know, I love that. That's a journey that we humans should be on. But there's also this other thing that I hear you kind of coming up with Corbett that's like yeah, but make sure you also like handle these so what things. Am I right? yeah
1: and but the and the I want to create good art or whatever you know, things that I feel good about, um those are really hard to put on a on a actual plan, you know, to yeah, to put yeah. down and say, how do you, because how do you know if you've accomplished that? you know, and yeah, I don't necessarily have a good answer for that. I think what we do is, you know when we when I think about our big high level goals for last year, you know, like for example, wanting to create a podcast, we did that for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, uh, we thought it would be fun. That was probably our biggest reason. We thought it'd be fun to get together every week and yeah. and record a podcast, and it would and boy, be a great. Boy, were
0: we wrong? <laughs> and boy, <laughs> and boy, does it suck! What a bunch of work!
1: <laughs> um, it totally sucks. No, uh, we. Um, so we did that for that reason. We also did it because we thought it would be a great way to reach people and engage them to give them something that they can uh use right away and and come to trust us because we give them, you know, useful stuff and then also just to expose people to everything else that we do um the other reasons that we exist as a business. So I don't know. It, there's everything that we've talked about so far has kind of a yin and a yang, a you know, a pro and a con or a, a two different sides to it, I think in terms of planning for the long term planning for the um, you know the financial health of your business things like that but then also planning for the culture of your business and the so what questions the big picture stuff yeah. that you need to answer and it's really easy to if if you watch what other businesses are doing it's so easy to get sucked into the trap of measuring people based on what you see the outward metrics are like how much revenue a company's making how many employees they have, um, you know how many Twitter followers and email subscribers and all that kind of stuff that people have, but you have no idea what their so what questions are versus what yours are. You know, and and it's really hard yeah. to know. Um, it's really hard to look at other people on the surface and then to be able to make any use of that in terms of your own planning. I think your own planning really has to start with what are you in business for in the first place, both from the standpoint of your customers, what you're trying to deliver to them, and then. From your own standpoint, like why why are you an entrepreneur? What does that mean to you? What sort of life do you want to live and what do you want to contribute to the world?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and to me, I always yeah, looked no. at what went well and what did not go well. And this is just stealing <coughs> shamelessly from Chris Gillibo and oh, yeah, the thing totally. we'll link to in the show notes if you go to fizzleshowco slash 34. But he just has those two categories, what went well, what didn't go well, and then results based on whatever goals he set. And if Uh you look at those things, and then you're going to see pretty much everything you did in the past year. And I actually write these down in a place that I can see them year after year. So I never do these digitally. I always write them in a moleskin that I use for a lot of different stuff. I think you're thinking of
0: moleskine. Moleskine. (laughs) Moleskine. Le le paper. (laughs) The paper, it writes so good. I love her forever. It was dark so very dark the moon was like my love i was just waiting for one of you guys to play the music underneath somehow
1: no you're gonna do that in post post edit
0: post production i loved her and we we sat on the bridge and all we did was look into each other's eyes and ate baguettes it was it was the best excuse you (laughs) excuse you all right, keep going, Caleb, though. I like that. Those two questions. I was just saying, I
2: always, I always write it down on paper.
0: Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Moleskine. then you can see them later. <laughs> Moleskine. Moleskine. <laughs> I like that. I like... What I, what I like about that is I can picture... So here's one of the things I've been doing, right, for the last four years almost. Is every idea I have for a blog post or... Uh, like for, Yeah, for example, every idea I have for a blog post, I just make a quick note of it in Evernote. Just on the go, using the Drafts app. I just, you know go QSP for Sparkline or QITB for Ice to the Brim and then the title of the thing and any notes I would I would put together on it, right? And then I just... I've
2: been getting tattoos of my blog post ideas. Yeah, what? Tattoos. Yeah. Then you don't forget them.
0: Because everybody
1: knows a blog post is worth keeping forever.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. It's forever. I thought that's what it was. A blog post is forever. It is, right? It is. It is. So... Uh, but, but what I've realized is after doing, like anytime I have an idea that, that whole, you know, getting things done, you capture it, get it someplace, you trust it really quick. You you know, you're going to find it when you need it next. So now I can go into Evernote and anytime I need to write something for the Sparkline, I just do a search for QSP, right? Find everything for Sparkline that I've ever put together. Um, right. So I've been doing this for about four years. It's totally changed the way that I, that I work the way, like that idea muscle is, is active and I, and I know I'll be able to find these things when I need them and all that stuff. So the question uh, – so what I, when I'm i anticipating is when I hear Chris Gilbo do that every year, right? Say what went well and what didn't go so well and what were the results. Like you can almost get the sense of as you're living the year, you're already – you know, you're wondering what you're going to say about this thing in a few months when the year's over and you're doing your postmortem, your look back. Yeah. Right? Um, and the dream being that it helps you sort of pay more attention while you're doing it as well in some ways.
1: Right. And, you know, we actually, um, we sort of implemented, we, we haven't, uh, we haven't quite gotten in the groove yet, but, um, we've been getting into it. That is every week now as a team, we should tell people we basically on Monday write an email to everybody else on the team saying, Hey, here's what's on my mind this week. This is what I'm planning to get done. Um, you know, here are any special things that are going on. And then at the end of the week on Friday, we kind of check out and say, here's what happened. Here's what I actually got done. Here's what I'm pushing off till next week. And, you know, during the week now, I find myself realizing that I'm going to have to recap what I did, um, on Friday. And that changes the way I work on things a little bit. It holds me a little bit more accountable to the picture that I had in my mind earlier. Um, yeah. And so that might be useful for us for, like, you know, an annual planning process to actually write it down and then just lock it away in a folder somewhere, you know, and maybe review it every three months or something. But basically to to review that at the end and then just to ask yourself, if I didn't get something done, again, was it because I was lazy about it and just, you know, was yeah. like, oh, squirrel, there's something else that's more exciting and ran over there? Um, or yeah. is it because I had good information and decided to change the plan kind of consciously?
2: Yeah. No, that's a good point. And if someone doesn't have other coworkers they're working with, that's a perfect thing for a mastermind group to do. Even if you guys don't talk on Skype or Google Hangout every week yeah. or something. Oh, absolutely. At least yeah. email once a week and say, this is what I'm going to do this week, and then if you did it or not.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, absolutely. That, so, that accountability is just, just clutch.
2: So we have um, some
1: good... Uh, we have a couple of people who actually are a little more educated than us about this whole process, right? Some some public resources that people can access. Is that right, Caleb? Yeah. So tell us about those. So Tell one us what is, we won, Caleb.
2: <laughs> behind door number one is Chris Gillibo's How to Conduct Your an, Annual Review post, which will be in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. And you can also look back each year and see him looking at the year before and then planning the next year. And then at the end of the year, he blogs all this publicly of what he wants to do and what he did and so it's really interesting to see over the past four or five years how he's grown everything that he's built he planned it all and he did it all publicly and announced it all publicly partially for that accountability reason Uh, another Mm -hmm. person that has a good planning um workbook is scott dinsmore over at live your legend and if you sign up for his email list there he has a weekly planning workbook so he has you plan each week at a time instead of each year so if you'd prefer to not plan super long term and you want to just do each week at a time he has another um good uh workbook that you can use and then the third one to go even more meta is a daily planning uh workbook by your friend chase don don miller he has the storyline planning schedule which is a daily um
0: yeah, and he actually thing. does that every day. That's his, that's how he, he does it, too. You've yeah, seen it, like action? It. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what have you found with it?
2: It's nice. I mean, you, there's only room for three big things each day. And here Ooh. some of the things on this one pager, basically, that you fill out each morning is, if I could live today over again, I'd. And so there's some bullet points there. Things I get to enjoy today. So instead of dreading the things that you're going to do today, things you get to enjoy. Yeah. And then there's a little spot for appointments. And at the bottom, there's space for a to-do list. And then the very bottom is your life theme. So each day, you're kind of writing your elevator pitch out, like we just had in our workshop. At the very bottom of this page, there's only room for two to three projects a day. And the to-do list is down at the bottom. So all the miscellaneous stuff you have to do instead of starting out with a piece of paper and just filling the whole thing with things you want to do. There's only a small little section for like 12 things you can do. So you instead just focus on your big projects each day. um, Yeah. And then go to all the little to-dos later in the day when you have less energy.
0: And we should add, uh, I'll add, Charlie Gilkey has a bunch of different planning sort of calendars and things like that. He he writes at ProductiveFlourishing.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And I've used his stuff before. It's really helpful because in the similar way that the storyline stuff, Caleb, is helpful. It's kind of like helps you break things up into little boxes and kind of think things through on a week-long schedule. It's kind of nice.
2: Yeah, and all these things are free. So you might have to go up your email address to get them. But other than that. My Other email that, adri- my email address it's like
0: selling you your watch. soul right yeah it's like it's selling your soul um and and we should mention to people, yeah, hey, speaking of email addresses you know if you 're not on the sparkline email list, we would ask that you would maybe consider doing it enter your email you don 't have anything to lose, and you won't want to miss the little gif that I made with, that you get <laughs> on the sidebar there when you do sign up it's really cool it 's worth that 's worth like it
1: alone, it. plus you 'll yeah, get episodes absolutely. of the fizzle show direct to your inbox, which is pretty cool, absolutely. then you don 't have to you know check stitcher or iTunes like every minute for the first 3 hours of your Friday you can just wait for that yeah. email to show up
0: yeah da 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 so uh so in conclusion here i mean you guys this is the this is the last podcast of of 2013 this is i can't believe this is it it's kind of kind of a should we uh, say happy quanta or year. something we we really did la- launch this year with uh with the or we we started this year with the launch of fizzle publicly And now we've got that—that's been rolling for just about a year now. Uh, We already have lots of fizzlers who have had their, uh, you know, their their one-year anniversary within Fizzle, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. I can't. Can you believe that people are like still like a year later, still like we love this enough to to stay here? Yeah, they they. I can't.
1: They either haven't realized that we're full of, or they did realize it long ago, and uh, they're just waiting to see what happens.
0: You know, it's the kind of. they like yeah (laughs) those are the only two
2: possible ways why they're still in it yeah Yeah. exactly i'm just
0: so i just i just wanted to say i'm so grateful for these people and that that you know and the truth is i guess i've really come to to see this story i i think i told you guys at certain at different points about my existential crisis that i had at the playground behind my house in portland a couple years ago when we were working on fizzle stuff but I, i was like you know why the hell do I, would I work so hard on this stuff? Why would I try so hard to do all this stuff? And I ended up having this one day, I'll, you know, take, I'll, when you corner, at, corner me at the bar, I'll tell you all about it. My existential crisis that led me to why I'm doing fizzle. And it's just, I, I just realized I can, I can make an impact on a couple different things. Like I've really gotten, I fell in love with fitness and, and the strong lift stuff and, and lifting heavy things. I, I like this. This has this really like, made a difference for me. And Corbett, thank you because you introduced me to that whole world. Of uh, of lean gains and stuff like that, but it was and it was so I'm like I like this. This made me feel good about about myself. This put made me more confident. This this really affected my life in a big way. And then the other thing that has done that has been the entrepreneurial stuff and just realizing like how you know the, I believe there was an episode where we went we we said limped limp diness of something. But remember, <laughs> I still laughed. What are you at. shy? What are you shy today? So so many of the comments. That people were just dying laughing when all the all the when the the cuss track was like three seconds behind all the swear words at the beginning, and I fixed it since then. But we had an episode went out that like every cuss word you would hear, and in about three to four seconds later, like the or or email list or something would be would be <laughs> would be beeped out. Totally, and so it was so great. God, that was funny. Um, and a handful of people got to listen to it. Um, but, but anyways, I'm getting, what I'm getting at is this, this really represents a lot for us. I think all three of us, this, the, the, to be able to contribute to people's lives who are trying to do this sort of thing. Cause we know the pain we've been there. We're still there in the pain of like trying to be independent, creative, making something we care about, supporting our families, doing that whole thing the way that like, you know, humans have always done it up until about the last hundred years. When corporations started being a thing, and we got you know we worked on a factory and, and industrial revolution and all this other stuff, but I mean going back, it's like we were cobblestone, like remember the cobblestoner bit? God, this is turning into a little bit of reverie for me. <laughs> you okay? The cobblestoner bit was funny, you know, with the basket weavers like you were you had a trade, you did a thing back in the day. You had an apprentice and a master. And all that stuff. And and frankly, we're just we're just honored to to be on this journey with you. That's all I'm trying to say, Corbett. Gosh. I'm really glad to be here with you guys. I really like you, Corbett and Caleb. I love that we get to uh, sort of ply our oars in the uh, in the
2: slew of entrepreneurial despondency. <laughs> Can I get a spell check on that word? <laughs>
0: Washbomb. <laughs> Oh that's good. Well, you guys, I think I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I'm pretty
1: sure that I have been Corbett Barr, although I'm not positive.
0: And I've been Keto Logic. Oh wow, such certainty. So spell it. <laughs> so there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 34. F-I-Z-Z-L-E-Show.co slash 34 on that page, the page that shows up when you uh, type in fizzleshow.co slash 34, you're going to find uh, a list of resources that we've mentioned in this episode, including the day planner that Caleb mentions from a friend of the show, Donald Miller uh, over at storyline. There's a handful of them in there. You're going to love these resources. So please do go check them out at fizzleshow.co slash 34 and pick yours up. If you liked this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. In fact, I want to read you a review here from the Duke of Peanut Butter and Jelly. Let me see if I can pull that up. All right, here it is. Um, By far my favorite podcast of the many that I listen to. The guys have a great chemistry, tons of great information, deep sincerity, and the experience and success to back up their swagger. It's laugh-out-loud funny for me. I totally get Chase, and that has me worried. (laughs) Now, what I didn't say is that he starts off the review where he does one of the intro bits, where it's like, your hosts are, uh, Corbett Barr, if this was, and he does it if we were candy. What what would we be to you if if we were candy? Check out uh, the Duke's uh, answers to that over at the iTunes review page and leave a review of your own. Simply search in the iTunes store for fizzle, You'll see our faces. You'll also see like a Jamaican dance hall podcast of some kind. That's kind of fun to look at as well. And click write a review once you've pulled up our page. It's the last show of 2013, you guys. And, uh, and as you grow in your business, I, as you achieve more success, I hope that you see how much you already have, how much riches and goodness, whatever you already have in your friends. Life is short. Make something you care about. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. And thank you. I will see you next Fizzle Friday.